Good evening, everybody. It is time for the Georgia Show. Tonight, we will talk about the effect of Kirby Smart speaking at halftime and how the dogs believe every word he says. Is it a good sign that the dogs could power through that at South Carolina, in uh, the South Carolina game, rather, or is Georgia still playing with fire? Plus, uh, David Pollock, number 47, stops by the show to give his thoughts on the dogs, and we'll get a little recruiting scoop from our guy Jeremy Johnson. It's all coming up on the Georgia Show Hunker down. Let's do it. Better never rest. time for the Georgia show. Palmer Toms, what's going on, my man? Let's talk about this Georgia football team here in a minute. Uh, I really want to start off the show about this uh, viral clip from Kirby's halftime speech against South Carolina, and everyone's eating that up. So we'll start off right there. But before we get to it, let's get to our uh, quick picks over here with prize picks. I sent a few recommended picks uh, for the evening. Let's start with Bo Nick's 312 and a half passing yards against Colorado coming off of that emotional win against Colorado State. What do you think about the former Auburn quarterback, Palmer? That Colorado defense, especially minus, minus Travis Hunter, cannot defend. Take the over. So if you're new to prize picks, it is a, a strategy fantasy game where you just pick more or less than the stat yardage that prize pick sets for you. And uh, Bo Nix right here for this one against Colorado, 312 and a half. All right, we also had Will Shipley, Clemson running back, more or less than half a rushing touchdown against Florida State, the noon mm. kick in Death Valley, Palmer. I'm excited to watch that one. Um, you know, that's that's the flip side of the 730 kick for Georgia is that we do get to watch some of those games. Um, man, I, I just feel I, like Florida I, state's defense is going to be jacked and ready to go. And they're not going to let the premier playmakers sneak up on them. So that's what makes me feel inclined to say that they will hold him out of the end zone, but I'll hear yeah, you. Right. Yeah. I mean, to me, I just think, I mean, you're right. He is a premier playmaker for them and, you know, if they're going to score at all, like to me, it's Will Shipley. So, but I mean, I don't know if you saw the video that I did going around on Twitter this week with him. Uh, no. they, there seemed a little to be a little bit dysfunction. Um, CJ Spiller and Will Shipley, uh, Spiller being their running backs coach, looked like they were having a, a heated discussion uh, from last week. So I'm not right, going to argue with then. your less. I'm going less. All right, a couple more here, and then we'll get to the dogs. Marvin Harrison Jr., more or less than half a receiving touchdown against Notre Dame. More. That, that, that again, primetime game, big-time playmakers. I think that's going to be a great one. Wish that it was not at the exact same time as Georgia. There, I mean, if you're going to win that game and you're Ohio State, you got to get the ball to, to – can't remember what number it is, but uh, I agree. All right, last one. Spencer Rattler coming off of the Georgia game started out strong. That uh, O line kind of let him down late in the game. More or less than half an interception against Mississippi State, who just got 
boat stomped, boat raced uh, against LSU. Where where do you think Rattler's going to fall here? More or less than half a pick. Yeah, he he's a gunslinger, that's for sure. Um, but he really impressed me this past week, even against a uh, Mississippi State defense that's being led by a defensive minded coach. Give me give me less. I, I think Spencer Rattler is a huge piece of this uh, puzzle for for South yeah. Carolina. I think he cleans it up too. All right. We going flex play or power play? I'm not Go feeling confident flex. enough. Yeah, I, I do not feel all that confident in our in our picks this week. All right, we'll we'll keep it at twenty bucks. We're nearing the end of the month, and prize picks will give us a little bit more scratch. I hope. I hope we're not the worst fan site of how, all the. Again, how, how did we checked in on it last week? How did we do last week? Uh, we submitted this entry. As we check on that, I'll let y'all know that if you follow the link in this show's description, go to Prize Picks and uh, use the code DOGS or just use the promo link there that should have dogs in it. Prize Picks will match up to your first $100 to play and make your own picks. Let's see what we did, though. A whole um, Benjamin to... Franklin. Um, I can't find our old Maybe transaction log. All right. Maybe. Yeah, I see an entry one. I don't see one all too recently. I don't think yeah, entry one on September 10th. All right, we'll keep working on it. Y'all keep working on what you want to work on at Prize Picks. Uh, use that link, code DOGS, and they'll match you up to 100 bucks on your first entry there. Uh, Palmer, let's talk about this Kirby Smart halftime press, uh, not press conference, but speech. <laughs> And we heard the press conference just how calm he was. And I was really eager to hear that audio leak. I thought it was going to go one of two ways. It was going to leak like we normally hear, and it's going to be a bunch of four-letter words motivating Georgia's <laughs> team. Or it was really going to be something really calm and easygoing, and it was the latter. And Georgia's players said that. They weren't worried. When I saw uh, Buller, you know, he wasn't playing in the game, but – he starts the clip out, and this is from the SEC Network. Their SEC inside team does a great job. I thought that was before the game. I mean, he was so calm talking to the team, saying, yeah, here we are. We're down 14-3, to number one team yeah. in the country. How are we going to respond? And Georgia responded with a win one moment at a time, like Kirby said. And I'm just curious now, is this a good sign that Georgia still has that muscle memory of games like Mizzou games like Ohio State, or do you think this uh, may be something that, that still comes back to bite them as they play with fire a little bit against some of these teams early in the year? I think, well, the, the biggest thing to me out of Saturday's game and, and comparing it to Missouri, which Kirby did in that video, um, he told us after the fact, and, and I think that was the first thing that came to everyone's mind was, you know, oh, well, they got tested against Missouri how is this how is this comparing to that the first thing that stands out to me is that they've got that leadership and, and you mentioned Javon you know Jamon Dumas Johnson um, was speaking in there as well um, you had Cedric Van Pran speak up um, you know it, it's the the guys that we expected to be the leaders nobody stood out as like oh wow I didn't expect them to be a leader um, but I think it's important that you have those guys that are stepping up and saying all the right things. And, and, you know, I, 
it, you want to you know you want to walk the walk and you want to talk the talk. Um, and, and I think that you know looking in the, at the way the offensive line played in the second half, looking at the way the defense played and the pressure that they got in the second half, you know it they certainly those guys that spoke up minus Bullard because he didn't play, you know, lived up to what they were talking and what they were saying. So, you know, do I think it could burn them playing with fire? Um, It absolutely could. Uh, You know, I was talking to Jake Rowe earlier today and he was saying, you know, Hey, what is the biggest problem that this team has? What's your biggest concern about this team? It's those slow starts and, and it's tied in directly with the, red zone struggles and and, you know if if you play around with fire too much you're gonna get burned um you know and and it's was helpful that they were doing playing with fire in a situation where they had ninety three thousand on their side two weeks from now uh a week and a half from now in in auburn uh jordan hare stadium if they're playing with fire it's it's a dangerous situation there so um that's that's the one that i think has me uh, you know, circling it a little bit concerned. And I would say that, um, you know, that's that's something that this team can fix and needs to fix. Jeremy Johnson, when you see Kirby Smart's halftime speech, how calm he is, even with a bunch of uh, new guys who are in the game and who didn't play against Missouri, didn't have that experience against Ohio State, how valuable is it from a recruiting angle for uh, these prospects to see that Kirby Smart not only can get animated, but he can also take control of the locker room, not panic down 14 to three against an unranked opponent and still lead a bunch of really young guys who, uh, you know, that's, that's hard to do. Let's not forget how difficult that can be. And he's got Georgia's college football roster believing that they can come back and beat anybody. Yeah. I think that's the sign of a mature coach. A coach has been been here. Coach has been there, done that, and he's got some layers to his coaching style now. And I think that's big for recruits because, you know, obviously we've seen the fire and brimstone version, but this this is the mature, you know, Kirby Smart going into this second part of his his run at Georgia as as a champion now. So if I'm a recruit that doesn't necessarily respond to the, you know, the yelling and the screaming, you know, you probably don't want to be at Georgia if that's the case, but you know, also showing that he can show that lighter side and also just how the players responded to it. It wasn't like, you know, they all were locked in on that message. They didn't, you know, you didn't really look around and see a bunch of guys kind of wandering off. They were all, you know, they believe what he's saying. So that, I mean, you know, that's that's the testament to that. You know, he's got them believing in whatever it is he's preaching. And I think the recruits feel the same way. And, you know, they all kind of took note of that. You know, every recruit I spoke to, they were like, oh, man, you know, just seeing how they were able to, you know, the resili- resiliency they showed and, you know, that no one re- overreacted to anything because there's going to be games like this, you know, at, in every season. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a, te- a big time testament to his his growth as a coach. The one thing I'll say, and, and I think it is a great sign that Kirby is growing and maturing and how he leads players and how he gets across to them and how he knows what his team needs. You know, he might know at any given year that there are teams that he could probably just go in there and chew them out and yell at them, and they would respond better to that. Maybe this team responds better to a little bit calmer approach, or maybe that's just Kirby's approach these days. I, I, I think it's, you know, interesting to see how his career will develop and see how he continues to approach these things. 
The one thing, though, when I say playing with fire, just to dig down on that a little bit deeper, when you think about these young guys that don't have the experience like that Missouri game, that Ohio State game, you know, I I don't know. Maybe this is too much Munson in me, but you you start to think this is automatic. Uh, we're down 14 to 3. Kirby gives us a pep talk at halftime and we just get it together. That's hard work. That that is a lot of hard work and a lot of leadership that goes into it. So, if you're a Georgia fan, I think you got to hope that the young pups in there, the guys that aren't necessarily in there in meaningful moments right yet, uh, you got to hope that when the time is their time, that they don't just take it for granted and think, oh, uh, we're Georgia, we're going to go out there and we'll come back and find a way to win. But I think, you know, it's important that they, you know, and, and Jeremy used the word belief, um, you know, being able to believe their coach. <clears throat> they, um, you know, the message that they got, they lived up to it. And, you know, he said, you know, hey, we're going to get six possessions. They had seven, and one was a one-play kneel down. We're going to have to score four times. They scored three of those and, ha- and had a field goal. Yeah, missed the field goal. Um, it, it was almost yeah. prophetic. It was. It, it really was. And so, um, you know, I, th- I think that you're right that you don't want to get in, in a comfortable position. Um you know, and, and just think, oh, well, we can we can pull it out of our you-know-what in the second half. Um, and, but I think that that also comes with the no complacency that Kirby is not going to allow to get into this program. So, you, you know, I think uh, I've said it. I said it in my rest and react this week. I've said it before. I said it on Twitter today, um, you know, and, and Kirby said it in that halftime speech. Let's go win this game. Come back in here and figure out what we got to do to get better. Better. That's the important part in all this is that, you know, they, they emerge from that, you know, three and oh, still unbeaten. And, you know, again, you don't want to play with fire too many times, but they got away with one here. And, and I think they probably learned a lesson from it. Uh, yeah, no doubt. I think they did too. Just got to continue to get, uh, more confident and let that team that plays two quarters become the team that plays three and then become the team that plays four. Cause yep. up to this point, Georgia hasn't done a four quarter game. Uh, so I'm excited to see the dogs finally do that whenever they do. Hopefully it's not too late. Uh, it's never too late to check out hello fresh and hello fresh is a fantastic partner of ours now at on three and, at Dogs HQ, they sent a uh, just a delicious care package to my family over the last few days, and we picked the uh, the family style options. But you can pick uh, healthy options, you can pick more savory options, you can pick whatever you want. But the thing about HelloFresh is they're going to get you food that is fresh. I mean, they live up to it. When you get HelloFresh, you know you're getting top notch produce travels from the farm to your door in less than seven days. I was skeptical. I've never done a meal service like this, but they had fresh tomatoes, fresh limes, fresh peppers, all this stuff to make some really delicious meals for our family. Um, And right now in this football season, it calls for a new season of meals. HelloFresh 
has a fall lineup of delicious dinners and more to choose from. So take your pick from 40 weekly recipes that suit your lifestyle from veggie to family friendly to fit and wholesome. Whatever you want to do, go on over to HelloFresh and use the code 50DOGS for, for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months of your HelloFresh orders. So go to HelloFresh.com, use the code 50DOGS or go to HelloFresh.com slash 50DOGS and use that code for 50% off your order plus 15% off the next two months. We got ours done. It took me about 10 to 15 minutes to cook dinner for me, my wife, and two kids. And uh, it was fantastic. So y'all check out HelloFresh. We'll put the links to all these things in our show description. All right, guys, I uh, had the opportunity to speak with David Pollock. You know, he eats fresh as well. He probably just goes out and picks his own vegetables and <laughs> harvests his own meat uh, from from local farms. I don't know what he does, but it's working. Uh, and Pollock had a lot of thoughts on Georgia, on Carson Beck, and what Georgia's got going on through three games. So I'm going to uh, pull up this video here. Palmer, Jeremy, you can uh, kick your feet up for a few minutes. We'll listen to what DP had to say and break it down after that. David Pollock, uh, three games in for Georgia and uh, one SEC game. I want to start out with Carson Beck. Uh, everyone has a question about this guy and where he's progressing. I'll tell you where I'm coming from. I, I think that he's doing all right. Uh, I think he's doing all you can ask for for a guy that's starting for the first time starting in the league for the first time and with a new offensive coordinator. It's hard to replace both of those components in a football team. What are you seeing from number 15 out there three games in? I, I'm with you. I, I'm not I'm not overreacting by any stretch. Um, listen, if you saw Stetson Bennett three starts in, you'd be like, mm, I, oh, I'm sorry. If you, start, if you saw Stetson Bennett 10 starts in, Georgia fans were still complaining. So I, I think that – um, the new system is a real thing. It's a real deal. Like learning that. I mean, if, if you remember Carson, Carson Beck actually played with Munkin's son in high school. Like, so his relationship with Munkin went way back and probably was more familiar, obviously, with the old offense than, than the new offense. I, I don't know if people notice this kind of stuff or not, but if you watch Edwards come back this past week, huge difference. And I, and I say that he's not the most talented guy in the world, but he's their best running back. He's the best guy that sees it and turns second and seven to second and five. And, and I think that's a big deal. I, I would argue Bell might be the next best back, which is kind of crazy with the number 86. Um, so I, I think they're kind of breaking in. Um, I, I think what I see from the, the offense is I think Bobo's going to be willing to force feed Bowers, which is a great idea. Um, I think the weapons with McConkie are going to get healthier. You're going to continue to get experience with Dom down the road, more experience with Dom down the road. You saw Ra Ra, you know, get more playing time. I think he'll continue to get playing time. And one thing I want you to look for in the future, and it's not going to happen for a little while, probably till the Auburn game, is when you get lucky at tight end, this offense, when you get him back at tight end, listen, people don't know who Lucky is. He's one of the lucky lineage, you know, the triplets played back in the day for the dogs. He's a tight end and he's a dog. He's a dog. He's mean. Like he, he's mean, he's nasty, and, and he's going to compliment and make this offense easier to call because I still think there's a there's a little bit of a Darnell Washington holdover that yeah. you don't realize how easy he made this offense because of 
dictating the personnel and what they could and couldn't do. Um, so I'm with you. Still a work in progress. I like what I've seen from Beck. And one thing, God, this is a long-winded answer, and I apologize. One thing, Wes, that I got to see more of, and I get frustrated with watching on tape, if you're going to run the zone read, and that's going to be one of your biggest plays, Beck has shown me enough athletic ability already. The draw in, the, in game one, uh, last week against South Carolina, pulling it down, running, scrambling. He's a good athlete. He's not a great athlete. He's somewhere between Stetson and Fromm, but closer to Stetson than Fromm probably. Um, and I want to see more of that in the offense to open up even more of the rushing lanes. Yeah, keep him honest. Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag for Georgia right now. David, with uh, you know a lot of injuries, but Georgia fans are definitely not going to want to hear injuries as an excuse. I know that, but we've we've seen this team that we kind of saw last year. That's kind of playing with its food a little bit. They dominate in the second half against South Carolina, but start a little bit slow. Which team do you think this really is? Can we tell at this point, or do you need to see them go out and have a game like they had against Oregon to really feel confident that that team is uh, who this Georgia team can be? Well, I, I think that I've seen enough from Kirby and company. And, and, and one thing that I don't know if it's getting talked about a lot or not, but um, like the clock is different this year. And the clock changes, you know, college football and it changes the amount of possession. I mean, they had the ball one time in the first quarter the other day. Crazy. You know, like that's a, that's a different deal with a running clock consistently now, whether it's a first down and uh, out of bounds, it continues to roll. Um, so I think that, the good thing about that is if you're a fan of good coaching, adjustments are going to be bigger. Starts of games are going to be bigger. I think that favors Kirby and company. I think they'll continue to develop. A lot of puppies on defense. A lot of puppies. A lot of guys that, um, spe specifically to me on the edges, that you're just seeing rotate in and out. And I, think, I 100% still think they're figuring that out. I mean, for example, you've been covering Georgia for a while, Wes. When's the last time you saw them at one time put all of their best pass rushers on the field. It's, it's pretty rare. I, I, don't, I don't see it very often. Like that's, that's not who we've had to be and who we've been because we've had guys that were both that could rush the passer and um, could play the run, and you felt good about those guys, whether it's Wyatt, whether it's um, you know, uh, Nolan Smith, whether it's any of those guys, I think. So now you're seeing like they're, they're having to put 11 and 13 on the edge, and they're having to mix guys in. Um, along with, you know, not just Michael and uh, with Winslow and Marvin Jones Jr., like you're trying to find – I think they're trying to find the right combination of people to, 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 to work together. But the one thing you do know defensively is you got the best one-two punch at safety in the country. Yep. Um, and, I, and I think that's a great um, – that's a great start. Last one for you. Big picture in the game. You alluded to it with the clock – uh, I, I think it's it's just crazy to look at some of these final scores at the end of the day. A lot of games that you used to see in you know the 50s, maybe the 60s, there's a lot of these like 44 uh, final scores for teams that are winning close ball games. When you see the, the game as a whole, the whole landscape of college football, do you feel like it's going to remain like this all year where it seems like there's more parity, or do you expect a team, a uh, couple teams, maybe by the end of the year to pull away? Wes, not only do I think that there's more parity, you know, this year, I think moving forward, we're going to be in a state of more parity. And I say that because of two things. There's two things that have happened that pissed everybody off in the country. NIL yep. and transfer portal. <laughs> everybody across the country pissed off, don't like it, hate it. 
the reason that that matters is there's more parity in college football than there's been in a long, long time because people ain't going to Bama to be second team anymore. They're not going to Bama when they can go get paid somewhere else. Bear Alexander wants to be the starter, wants to be the main guy, wants to know he's the guy. Uh, no. You're going to have to earn it every week at Georgia. Okay, pull the ripcord. I'm going to USC. Like, I, I just think that it's here to stay. Um, but I'll say this. When it's still going to be slanted towards Georgia, it's still going to be slanted towards Alabama and Ohio State. When they have their trigger man, when they have their quarterback. Because those they're still getting the best guys top to bottom consistently year-round. When you got a great quarterback – you're, those athletes are going to shine. You know, when you've got a great quarterback, you're going to score points. The system's going to work really, really well. Um, so I think we're going to have more parity, but I do think, um, you know, you're still going to see – I think Georgia's going to continue to evolve. I got news for you. If you think FSU is a flash in the pan, I, I think you're wrong. I think FSU is here to stay. Like, they've done the masterful job of transfer portal with great high school recruiting, meshing them together for the time being, uh, an experienced quarterback, a defensive line that can get after the passer. Like, they're going to be a problem. Um, so I, I think we'll see more and more parity uh, as we see college football continue to grow. Good stuff, DP. Always good to catch up with you, man. Talk soon. Appreciate you, Wes. All right, y'all. Uh, any thoughts on that, Pollock, with the – couple hot takes there, you know, really jumping off the page with the Florida State thing there uh, out of the blue. But a lot of great stuff on the dogs. Lawson Lucky is a guy he's looking at once he gets healthy to come back and shake things up for the Georgia offense. A lot to break down there. But uh, just your initial gut reactions, just top level, first thing that y'all thought of uh, when you heard 47 talking there. I was muted. Uh, that was not that was not at all who I thought uh, he was talking about in that clip that you posted, Wes. I, I totally, totally thought it was Dejan Edwards. And I uh, got you. I felt pretty good about it too. Um, <laughs> in fact, I, I thought I was spoiling it. So, um, <laughs> Dejan Edwards, no, uh, lost and lucky. I, I do think that that's a big piece of this offense that's missing. Um, you know. We saw the kind of impact that he had in the spring and, um, you know, for Georgia to be able to use Brock Bowers in the way that they want to use him, they have to feel comfortable that they have tight ends behind him that can play. And, and right now they've got one scholarship guy that can play and they've run enough two tight end sets that they really don't have a ton of depth at tight end. And, you know, TEU has gone – you know, and, and now you are looking at it and you're like, well, maybe they're a little thin there right now because they don't have Lawson Lucky and they don't have Pierce Sperlin right now. So I, I, I agree with him there uh, that Lawson Lucky is going to be a big part of this offense when he comes back. Absolutely agree with him that, you know, when, when Javon Bullard is in there, that is two Thorpe Award caliber players back there on the defensive end um, in, in the secondary. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, certainly interesting points there on the overall landscape of college football, and I, I do agree with him that Florida State is really solid. Um, we're going to learn a lot about them uh, this weekend when they take on Clemson. But, sure. you know, I, I think what what is so impressive about what Georgia has done the last two years and what will be interesting to see with 
Florida State and Texas and and all these other teams, can you keep it up? Can you do it, you know, for 12 weeks out, out of the year, 13 weeks out of the year? You know, because you can have one great week. We've seen teams do it. But then we've seen teams go and, and you know, lose. Look at Tennessee. I mean, uh, you know, the, the way that they slipped up against South Carolina. You can't do that and be a college no. football playoff team. Um, so that's what's important about Florida State. I'd throw Texas in that same category. Um, but I, I do think that those are two really good teams and that there's a, a lot of parity in college football this year. Um, what hit me was him talking about Lawson. Obviously, I've seen him play a lot in high school. So, you know, seeing him, what he does as a blocker, you know, on the perimeter, he, he was a dominant guy as a blocker. A lot of times I would go watch him. And they don't – that Norcross didn't throw the football a lot. So people were like, man, this guy, he's just a blocking tight end. But, I mean, when he get his – three to five targets. I mean, he did something with them a lot of times. I think he's definitely going to be a big part of, you know, stretching the defense and stretching and stretching the field, you know, when he gets, when he gets healthy and he looks, he looks like he's in really good shape. Just seeing him walking around on the sidelines, he's even added a little more weight, you know, in size since the last time that I saw him in high school. And, you know, another thing that caught my attention was him bringing up Dejon Edwards and how important having him back was, you know, I think we kind of, get to a point with Georgia where the running back has always been really good. So, you know, nobody really pays attention, you know, when the situation isn't, you know, you don't have that elite guy that's going to run for a thousand yards. Well, Dejan Edwards has an opportunity to do that. And he showed, you know, how much easier he makes it off this uh, just last week. So um, I thought that was a, that was an interesting point as well. Big picture. This is a guy that now has a lot of time to watch the dogs and he's enjoying his time and he seems pretty confident in what Kirby and the gang have going, even if it's taken a little bit of time to get things revved up this season. So take that, you know, how you will, Dogs fans. David Pollock has a lot of faith in this team, and he usually knows what he's talking about. All right, Jeremy, let's wrap up really quickly here. A big decision coming up from Ethan Barber, uh, tight end in the 2025 class, four-star the number five tight end, according to on three in the class. And it looks like Georgia should like its chances, but what are you uh, sensing on this one? Yeah, that's kind of the sense that I'm getting. Uh, you know, I think Georgia's been a program that's been in this recruitment from the start, and he's, you know, they've recruited him really hard. Obviously, they have one uh, one tight end committed in uh, Elias Williams um, from, from Camden County. But, you know, this guy's a – Big time catch radius guy. He can go up and get the football. He he'll block as well. So, you know, he's one of those guys that's different enough from the other tight end committed that would make sense for Georgia. Um, I know he's, you know, really he's been to he's been to campus probably eight or nine times. I can't remember the exact number. So he's been on campus a lot. You know, obviously other programs are gonna make their pushes and they have made their pushes. I know he's been to Alabama, I know he went to Auburn recently. Um, South Carolina recently uh, over the summer, I believe. So, you know, there are some there are some programs that are trying, but, you know, I really feel like Georgia's in a good spot. You know, you never know until, you know, you hear on signing day or a commitment day. But, you know, I think, you know, this is one that's been training Georgia's way for a while. I didn't you, baby. Uh, and then really quick, Jeremy, the on 300 uh, with a little bit of a shakeup, big takeaways for uh, Georgia prospects or commits on that one. Yeah, and seeing Nycar jump up was was a really good sign. Um, well, obviously, yeah. I got, got to go see him play a couple weeks ago, and man, he's he's really good at football. He's a, 
he's not a big guy. I mean, I think he may be 170 pounds, but just some of the things that he can do with the ball in the air, with the ball in his hands. I mean, they they literally allow him to do some of everything. You know, he they tried a couple times to run reverses where he throws the football deep. I mean, it's he's the heartbeat of that football team. And I think, you know, with his personality, I think people just kind of gravitate towards him. I think he will have that kind of impact at Georgia once he gets on the field. So yeah, he seeing him jump up was was a big positive for anybody that roots for Georgia moving forward. No doubt. Uh, we also had Charles Power on our uh, message board over at Dogs HQ. If you are a member, go check that out. He gave a little bit of insight into how he comes to his evaluations. And if you're not already sub- uh, subscribed to Dogs HQ as a premium member, you can check that out for $1 for one month just to dip your toe in the water and see what we got going on behind the paywall over there. All right, let's take this thing home, fellas, and chop some wood. <laughs> Palmer, I really liked what you said about big boy college football, and I'm going to kind of riff off of that. Uh, everything that Deion Sanders does these days is now the uh, the forefront of college football coaching. He uh, used crowd noise in his practice, uh, I guess, this week at some point, and, and the internet blew up. Look at how much of a genius Coach Prime is. I'm not taking anything away from Deion Sanders. He is – really brought a magic wand to that Colorado football program. Excited to see and uh, curious to see how long it remains. Well, let's bring this thing back to how we started this show and see how Kirby Smart calmly leads a team and everyone in that room knows who he is and he knows who they are. You can't just be a flash in the pan in college football. I'm not saying Deion Sanders is that yet, but he hasn't proven it that he can do it year in and year out. And Georgia's proven it, and Kirby Smart's proven it. So Georgia may be doing it a lot differently than what Colorado's doing, but one thing Georgia fans can always sleep well about right now is that they have the results and they've got the consistency to back it up. Yeah, um, I I will kind of go back on – I will go off of that with the consistency to back it up and the results. um, Georgia and its run defense and the way that – the standard is not quite being met there. Um, talked to defensive lineman Zion Logue yesterday, and he was disappointed, to say the least. Um, we, we've heard from Kirby, um, you know, after each of the first couple of games. And, you know, I, I took that a little bit as tongue-in-cheek when he's like, oh, you know, well, you know, if, if their size offensive linemen are running against our size defensive linemen, we got a problem, you know, um, I think that, you know, to see the way that those guys take it personally, um, you know, we've seen that in the past, and I think that's what has made this defense so great in the past is that it really does mean something. Hey, these guys are not getting in our end zone. I don't care if it's the first team, second team, third team, whoever's out there, they're starters, and they're not getting in our end zone. Um, You could really sense that out of Zion and and the way that he – I mean, he said, you know, it just makes you sick to your stomach. Um, you know, he, he wants to close his eyes when, when watching the film of South Carolina and, and them scoring on them and them picking up some extra yards. And so you could tell that it means a lot. Um, now I think, you know, again, it's a small sample size here and Georgia's given up 87.33 yards per game on the ground. If they keep that up, it's, it's top 25 in the country right now. I think it's number 23, but if they keep that up, that number would be good for top four in the country. Uh, over the last four years. So 
keep that up. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not a concern, but I think that it's pretty telling that the way that they take it so personally and that they were really uh, disappointed with the way that they've, they've played so far. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, say, I'm going to go and take it to the NFL ranks and talk about Nick Chubb. Um, obviously he suffered that injury on uh, Monday night and, you know, I'm not going to bet against, you know, this, uh, you know, former Bulldog. I know he has come back from a major injury before, you know, just a really solid human being. I, I got a quick story, you know, as to why I believe this, you know, just in this, I was in Walmart with my mother one time while he and Sonny Michelle and those guys were at Georgia, he was maybe a sophomore. Um, and, you know, we're in Walmart and his my, my mom is like, so I believe I just saw Nick Chubb. And I'm like, why would Nick Chubb just be out at this time of night walking around Walmart? She was like, oh, I saw him. So, you know, we walked around and we eventually bump into him and Sonny Michelle again. And, um, you know, my mom's like, man, I'm a big fan of yours. Can can I have a can I have a photo? You know, a lot of times, you know, the big superstar guys, and you know, we're not doing that in the Walmart. You know, Nick just smiled. Sure, absolutely. Smiled and took the picture. So um, Sony did as well. So both of those guys didn't have to do that. And, you know, just – you know, I don't, I'm not going to bet against him. You know, I know he's a solid human being. You know, I know he's been blessed with a lot of athletic ability. And, you know, when you do good things for good people, you know, eventually the universe pays it back. I'm a firm believer of that. And, you know, obviously it's unfortunate that he has to go through this again, but I really feel like, you know, we have not seen the end of Nick Chubb. No, nah, man, he's got bigger and better things ahead, whether it's on the football field or doing other things, man. He's, He's special. He's a special human and means a lot to Cedartown and Chubbtown. Of course, his family legacy is amazing. So, yeah, we're all praying for Nick Chubb and all hated to see that. And uh, it was it was hard to watch for a lot of us who know how good of a dude he is. And uh, I'm pulling for him, too. I won't count him out. He's uh, he's a different fellow. So let's see what Chubb does. Let's see what these dogs do. And uh, I appreciate y'all tuning in for the Georgia show right here on Dogs HQ's YouTube channel. We'll be back Saturday night right after the Dogs game is over. I don't know how Late. Jake Rose is going to keep his eyelids open for that one. I'm going to have the espresso uh, machine humming for, our, <laughs> for about three hours to try and stay up late for it. But we'll be here, and then we'll be back on Sunday for another edition of the Georgia show like we are every Sunday. And then Bark After Dark returns. Nine o'clock on Monday for uh, Palmer and Jeremy. Appreciate your insight tonight, guys, and uh, appreciate DP 47 dropping by as well. Uh, reward us with a like, subscribe, tell your buddies about it, and tell your friends about Pollock's Convo here and, and our conversations too. There's a lot to like for this Georgia team. I think they're just on a slow ramp to success, and I think eventually we'll see this team pull away by the time uh, the end of the season is here and right when you want to see your team hitting its stride. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll see y'all again next time. Peace.